Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This is the final episode of season one of the Elevate podcast. Yes, it is episode number eight. And today I've got another amazing and intuitive guest for you. He's the founder and chief encouragement officer of Compete Every Day. He's a keynote speaker. He kindly had me on his Compete Every Day podcast last fall. I'm pumped to have Jake Thompson to close out the first season of the Elevate podcast. You can find him on Instagram at Jake Thompson Speaks. Find him on Twitter at Compete Every Day. Go check out the Compete Every Day podcast. If you want to dive in and find more, go to CompeteEveryDay.com. I love this guy's passion for changing lives. Let's get to competing with Jake Thompson. What's up, my man? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, great to, to connect here in uh, the first season of uh, the podcast we've got going here this year. And uh, diving in, um, compete every day. Uh, from the moment I heard it, I loved the concept. I, I love competing. I love breaking down, you know, sometimes the, the misunderstanding about what a competitor is, but why should people compete every day? Man, uh, the simplest answer is you get one opportunity at life. Why would you passively let it just go by? Why would you waste the opportunity, waste your potential, waste just the chance to do something to impact others? And so that's at the, the core. Life is worth competing for. That's the message I hit over and over again of why you've got to compete every day. But uh, it all goes back to the Theodore Roosevelt quote, the man in the arena. You know, the credit goes to the person that's on the field, in the arena, risking loss, getting beat up, but getting back up and continuing to pursue great things. Whether they achieve them or whether they fall short, their, their life, their journey is so much more powerful, so much more fulfilling than the people on the sidelines, the ones that watch. We know this from sports. Like The fans on the sidelines, man, they love you one minute, they hate you the next. They cheer for you, they boo you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like they don't win or lose a game. Like they're just there. They're there to watch. They're there to make fun of, or they're there to encourage, but they have no influence on the game. It's the people on the field, the athletes on the field that determine the outcome. And it's the same way with life. There's too many people in the stands. And so competing is being on the field, taking action and pursuing everything you've got because you get one shot at it in life. I love it. I love the way you define it. I love the way you talk about it. Um, for those that might not have, have heard that, uh, compete every day kind of message is often can you take us back a little bit to uh your former athlete um competitor yourself i know uh how did uh compete every day become what it is today and, and take us back a little bit to the process yeah man so i i grew up in east texas i was a smaller kid uh in sports and so for me competition was an outlet uh really more than anything to prove that i could outwork you and i could outsmart you like i didn't care who you were i wanted to play and so i wanted to prove through competition that it didn't matter what talent you were born with i was going to find a way to beat you carried that mindset throughout most of my life for many cases a very unhealthy mindset of competition in terms of just constantly worrying about what everyone else was doing trying to sure. beat everyone all the time uh, and when you play that comparison game you end up burning yourself out pretty quick and it wasn't until later in life i started to really understand the idea of me versus me that even in sports you may be lined up across from someone, you may be competing against another team, but in reality, it's still you. How are you going to do better this play? How are you going to adjust? How are you going to prepare for this moment, play hard? And so once I started to realize that in life, 
I had this renewed focus, this renewed energy that, man, you can compete every day in life. You can show up. How am I going to show up better at work? How am I going to do better in this relationship, in this communication? And so I had the idea for the brand, um, really just the message of pursuing greatness in every area of your life every day. What would it look like if we stopped, honestly, living on the sidelines, being passive, and started being very proactive with the things that matter and the people we love? And so flashback, that was 2010, started developing this concept, uh, created the name Compete Every Day. And my buddies who have known me for years were like, man, that's you. Like, you are the most competitive <laughs> person we know. Like, this fits you. And then once I started talking about the message behind it, it started to resonate with people. And I would see it start to go. This person would take it and say, man, well, this is what I compete for. And then another person would tell me something completely different. Uh, but I had no idea what to do with it. I had a brand message. I was trying to do some marketing consulting at the time. Uh, the consulting business was great, but the message didn't pair up well with where I wanted to go. And so ultimately, I, I was encouraged by one of my friends, roommate at the time, uh, to try apparel. You know, he was inspired by the story of the guys at Life is Good. If you're familiar yeah. with those guys out of Boston, you know, they started selling t-shirts from a van, traveling around the East Coast, really all over the country. Uh, around the simple message, life is good. They sell the power of optimism. And so he challenged me, you know, I think you can do the same thing with your message. So I printed a few boxes of t-shirts and tanks, uh, started selling them out of my car, the trunk of my car behind a CrossFit gym in May of 2011. Uh, at first having no clue what I was doing still to this day, I think I could argue that I may not have a clue what I'm doing half the time, but I uh, just started building it. and just getting that message out there and getting that message out there. And apparel was always that initial way uh, but the older I got in the business, we're eight and a half going on nine years now, the more I started to see I didn't want to just stay in the apparel space. Like, I love the idea of wearing a t-shirt and you can wear that motivation and right. it makes you feel good. But I really wanted to impact mindsets. I wanted to have deeper conversations. I wanted to create other avenues that would help people compete, help them show up, build that mindset. And so now if you look at the business, it's dramatically different. You mentioned the podcast. Um, I do a ton of keynote speaking and workshops around the country from college athletic programs and high school programs to corporate, a ton of corporate. Um, and so that's really where we focused and shifted most of the business into the speaking, the workshops, my book that'll be out in 2020. Um, a lot of that stuff is going that route because we know you're going to wear a shirt once every week, once every two weeks. But if we can help stay in your ear, help be in your, just almost like a coach in life, that voice that, I mean, you have it and I have it. Like when we played high school sports, like we probably still have that high school coach that we can hear their voice in certain opportunities. Like certain yeah. moments in our life, yeah. when we start to go off path or we start to do something, you hear that, that one person, that mentor that was in your life remind you of something and you change course and you start focusing on what matters. And so that's where we're really trying to take that brand uh, so that it becomes a part of people's lifestyle. And, and in turn, as you know this as well as I do, other people are always watching us. And so that's how we create positive chain reactions is when someone sees us doing it and behaving a certain way and standing up to challenges and competing, they're going to want a piece of it too. They want to know how they can do it for their own life to achieve success. And so it creates that positive ripple effect. Right on. I love it. And, uh, you know, you, you hinted on uh, there a little bit uh, early on and, uh, about you know that worry and that comparison that we all kind of experience at times in our lives um, and kind of as you grow the business uh, I think when you get into speaking and all of a sudden you're in front of you know, these college athletes and coaches and executives and heard you speak on it on your podcast and you do a, a great job because I've uh, you know felt that and 
you know, question myself, even am I feeling that? <laughs> um, questioning my question, right? And yeah. uh, that imposter syndrome and sometimes those comparisons with others. And can you talk a little bit about how uh, you've broken through those? Because I, I, I think you've done it in a, in a, in a great way. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I would say it's it's never ending for all of us. We all have that feeling, especially when we're growing, when we're trying to develop, when we're trying to do something new, that feeling of discomfort, like we just don't belong. Like we're not ready for this spot. Um, I laughed last night. I had a conversation with my wife because she just took over her office. She just got a promotion. She runs her office now. Nice. And she was like, I don't have a clue what, what I'm doing. Like I, I just, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't belong in this spot. And I laughed. I said, well, neither does anyone else the first time they're put in this spot. Like yeah. whether we're stepping out on the stage, whether you're coaching your first client, whether you're getting ready on game day to step out on the field and it's your first start, like you're always under the assumption that I've tricked people. I shouldn't be here. I, if someone's going to find me out, they're going to you know, banish me. They're going to make fun of me. It's a common fact in growth. We all feel like we don't belong because what's happening is we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're growing, we're expanding. And so it's new. Our brain panics when it's in any kind of discomfort or something new because it loves comfort. It loves our comfort zone. It loves the known and doing something new puts you outside of that. So you're always going to have these immediate voices, but what you have to remind yourself is a few things. One, you have to remind yourself that this is a natural part of growth. There's always some struggle, whether physical or mental struggle is always a part of growth. The second is just do the work. Like yeah. literally it's the preparation that prepares you for those moments. So when I'm getting ready to speak, especially early in my career, and I would hear like, you don't belong on the stage. Like you don't belong at this event. People are going to not get anything out of this. Like, what are you doing here? I continually remind myself, I've done the work to prepare for this moment. I've put in the practices. I've gotten the reps. I've done it. And this one situation is not going to make or break me. This situation is an opportunity to get better. And so one of the things I encourage, especially athletes, is in life, you can focus and worry about what everyone else thinks and winning everyone else's approval, which you'll never do, or you can focus on getting better. And only one of those two things is going to help yourself and your team win. It's the same in our corporate life. And so if we can learn to remind ourselves, the only thing that matters is this is a growth opportunity to get better. And we prepare for that moment and just remind ourselves, this is what we've done. This is how we've prepared. We're ready for it. And anything that goes wrong or right, we're going to learn from it. Then every opportunity is a, a chance to continue to grow. Uh, and finally, the last thing that I always recommend on, on that is, is really giving your inner critic almost a name. Uh, it's, it's part of that positive self-talk, but when that negative voice creeps in, give it a name. Like I, I would call mine Jack and you would call it out. And when you hear those voices of you're not ready for this moment, you've never done anything like this. You're not as good as those people. You can just be like a hey, Jack. You're right. I haven't done anything like these other people, but this is my first chance to, and I've done the work to be here. I belong. And so it's, it sounds funny and it sounds silly to have a dialogue with this inner voice, this imposter syndrome, but what it does is helps you separate it a little bit from yourself and it helps you build that positive self-talk, which is huge in battling imposter syndrome. But at the end of the day, just know if you're trying to grow, you're trying to level up, feeling like you don't belong is natural. So you just lean into it and keep going. Yeah. I love that uh, tool of uh, giving it a name to, to help create that separation. So Kind of to skip over, uh, you touched on it there, but combating that negative voice we all have, um, feeding that growth side. Um, is there another thing or, or something you do in your routine to, that you do to build, build your confidence? 
Yeah. So a lot of it is, is reps, man. I just, I work reps all the time. Um, I had a, a, an event last week I talked about on LinkedIn, but I had a client reach out on a Sunday night for an event Thursday. Uh, he needed a, a two hour workshop. Well, my workshops are any is usually 60, 90 minutes, or we do a three hour one. So a two hours new, you would think it's new. However, I've, I've done all the content. I've done all the reps. Normally I would be stressed. I would be freaking right. out. I would be thinking I can't do this. But in my head, I'm like, okay, I've done these reps. Here's how we tweak it. So for me, it's practicing every week. If you want to be a better speaker, like you've got to be practicing telling stories every single week. If you're wanting to be a better coach, like you got to be really good at asking questions every day. Like, what am I going to do today to get reps in? And the more you start looking at that, the more you have the mindset of, I don't have to get ready because I'm always staying ready. I always stay ready. And when those opportunities arrive, you're ready to seize them instead of, oh my God, it's here. I'm panicking. I don't belong. I can't get this. You're just like, how do I get reps? And so confidence for me is reps. No one feels confident the first time they're doing an Olympic lift in the gym. It feels weird. It feels wonky. You, you can't move the bar the way you're supposed to. It feels uncomfortable. However, if you just go in and do rep after rep after rep every single day, eventually it gets to be a very natural progression. Building habits are the same way. We feel uncomfortable doing something new. And the only way to build that confidence is one, to just do the reps every time. And then the second I always try to tell people is make sure you're surrounding yourself with other people who are growing too, because they're going to challenge you and encourage you along that process uh, to get you out of your comfort zone until those things that, that just don't feel right start to become more natural. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, no doubt with the uh, surrounding yourself with the like-minded people. Um, kind of on that, uh, the other people in our lives that have great influence on us, is there a, a coach or uh, someone along your career that, man, was really influential or kind of fueled some of that competitive, fiery spirit you talked about early on? Yeah, you know, I've, I've had a handful of mentors and people along the way. I, I would honestly say outside of like my parents, one of the first biggest influences I had was my quarterback coach in high school. Um, you know, he's coached two or three NFL quarterbacks, tons of college guys, but he just cared so much about learning and effort and making sure he taught you those things. Um, yeah. He's one of the smartest guys in the state of Texas in coaching now. He's probably could have been a college head coach if he'd wanted to, but he just loves teaching and coaching. And with Coach Turner, I remember the hardest days, like the days he ripped me uh, <laughs> for just not having good practices. He would always come up afterwards and want to talk about it and talk about, well, here's where the effort was lacking. Here's where I saw your focus slipping. It's not that you missed the pass. It's that you didn't seem locked in on this. And so he was a huge piece in just teaching me the importance of consistency and uh, uh, just day after day best efforts because those things translate to every area of our life regardless of what we want to do, uh, whether it's in sports, whether we're speaking, whether we're coaching, you, know, you name it. Consistency of 100% effort is hard. Most people don't have the stomach to play that every day. They're going to allow outside forces to dictate their effort or their attitude. But it's if you can show up and you can take that attitude mindset, then you're going to succeed at some point. It may not be as quick as someone else, but you have the, the keys to success in that. Awesome. I love hearing uh, stories about the uh, coach turners that are in our lives. Um, so often when I you know, ask about the coach, even people that you know, play college or, or high levels, um, it's this teen coach they had during their teenage years. Um, and those coaches that got to experience us as teenagers – 
And with your wisdom now that, that you share with athletes and coaches and uh, on the Compete Every Day podcast, if you could get in a DeLorean, go back and see quarterback Jake uh, at 16 years old, uh, what's one message that you would tell yourself to, to hold tight on? Say, get your eyes off the outcome and become obsessed with the process. Uh, I felt like this was something that it took me probably until my late 20s, early 30s to really embrace uh, of the idea of quit getting caught up where you are on the depth chart. Quit getting caught up in how quick success is happening or not happening. You, you aren't entitled to a position because of who you are, your year in school. You've got to become obsessed with just showing up every day and say, how am I going to get better? Because you stop focusing on the long term, you quit stressing about everything else that's going on in life. I, I don't let young Jake get distracted by all the other things. I instead help him to dial in on what are we going to do today because eventually it takes care of itself. If you show up every day with that effort, it takes care of itself. It's yeah. the championships are won in practice or earned in practice. They're just picked up on game day. It's that process. And I think that I struggled a lot with that earlier on of becoming very outcome-oriented instead of process-oriented in terms of just how am I growing and getting better. Awesome stuff. I think uh, a lot of teenagers could reap rewards from that advice. Um, so kind of last question of our, our Elevate questions here. Um, always like to find out in your own journey or just in life, how do you define success? Man, for me, success is being able to live financially comfortable uh, and do the work I love. Uh, I think. For other people, it's a specific dollar amount. It's a specific travel. But for me, if, if I can travel, if I can do the work that I love in terms of speaking and writing, uh, if my family's comfortable in that sense, uh, and I can just make an impact, like that's a win for me. I don't need all the other bells and whistles. 